Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Customer Cafe by Calabria. Calabria is a tool that turns good account managers into great account managers through the power of great collaboration. A great account manager is a team player. This podcast is made for those in sales, customer success, and account management as a place to caffeinate, ideate, and collaborate. Subscribe now for the latest brew. Let's hit the grind. Hi, and welcome to the Customer Cafe by Calabria. Uh, my name is Menachem Pritzker. I'm the VP Growth uh, here at Calabria, uh, and I'm joined by... Sharon Weiss-Greenberg. I'm the Senior Content and Community Manager also at Calabria. So nice to see you here, Sharon. Um, and before I uh, introduce our guest... Um, I just want to say, like like we always do, we're still developing Calabria, and we need your help. If you're listening to this podcast, you're in account management, or you're in sales, um, and you're exactly who we need to tell us exactly what we're doing right or what we're doing wrong, but more likely what we're doing wrong. Um, so please come to Calabria.com. Uh, we just launched today as a recording. You can actually sign up yourself and get kind of free beta access. Um, so poke around and let us, and then schedule a time to talk to me. You'll get an email with uh, a prompt to my, uh, to my calendar. Um, and I would love to set a time with you for you to kind of yell at me about all the things we're doing wrong. Um, with that being said, uh, we're joined today by Greg Bond. Uh, he is the vice president of channel sales at constant contact. Uh, and we're really excited to talk to him. Greg, thanks for joining us on the Calabria in the customer cafe. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Happy to be here. We've gone back and forth so many times on is it customer cafe, cafe by Calabria, Calabria cafe. I think we get it wrong more often than we get it right. But <laughs> point is, we're really into sales and we're really into coffee. Uh, and we're really excited to have you here in the cafe. Yeah, I already had my second cup of coffee this morning. I, I could go get a third if we needed to, but I'm going to stick with some. Well, we'll see how long this goes, you know, <laughs> may, may have to kind of pump that up. Yeah. Um, so, Greg, let's just get started with, uh, you know, who you are and uh, how you got your journey started in sales and account management. The the role I'm in today is a VP of channel sales for Constant Contact, um, sort, sort of evolved over time. I... Uh, I was actually part of a, a business called Sharpstring, a marketing automation platform that uh, mm. I uh, started off as their VP of customer success, running their account management team. Uh, and after about a year in that role, took over as the head of revenue um, just prior to being acquired by Constant Contact. And uh, for the last year and a half or so since acquisition, I've moved into more of a channel and enterprise sales role, um, managing a sales team that works with partnerships, as well as um, our largest sort of enterprise, large accounts, multi-location businesses. Um, and I, I manage everything from a business development team uh, that, that closes deals to a partner onboarding team to a key account management team. Wow. So how many, how many people do you manage on your team? Uh, I mean, I think the, the team now is about 15, so small, smaller team, mm -hmm. um, but we do uh, quite a bit of, of revenue for the business as well as um, a significant portion of the growth. Right. Well, key accounts and channels. 
Yeah. So that's that's really interesting because uh, first of all, we are constant contact uh, users, um, and I know that when we signed up, uh, it was pretty self serve. I, I I wasn't the one that did it myself, uh, but I don't think maybe we have an account manager. Or, but I, I'm not. I don't think we had to talk to anyone to to sign up. So, you know, obviously that's that's a very strong PLG motion. Um, but you know, where does sales come in? Uh, in that process? Yeah, so it's a great question. I mean, Constant Contact for 20 plus years, I mean, they've almost invented email marketing, right? And they've built a product that's so simple, so easy to use. um, And and they uh, market it through a free trial. I mean, almost all of the customers of Constant Contact come in through a free trial. And that free trial leads right into a product web growth motion. And it's very rare that you actually need need to talk to sales. However, we do have um, uh, a new customer onboarding team that helps convert people from trial to sale. Um, but what my team does is more, we work with the the channel partners, right? So there's mm-hmm. integration partners where we need to figure out how, how are these products going to work together uh, to go out and acquire each other's audiences, uh, as well as we have a very large um, marketing agency reseller program and you know getting those new partners in helping them understand how to like we enable them to sell constant contact on our on our behalf uh through their own businesses and and we have a lot of what i call alliance partnerships where they just want to they could be affiliates they could be just straight up resellers they could be um and this happens a lot with us is dealer distributor networks or um, franchises that want their end users to have a, a really great you know, local marketing experience um, in, a, in a product that's trusted and well-respected in the industry. Uh, and they mm-hmm. want to be able to provide that to their end users. And so there's a, there's a lot more complexity when you start dealing with large multi-account um, you know, resellers of, of the product. And that's that's where my team really comes comes in and gets involved. Well, it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is kind of incentivizing them to do what is best for them anyways, and make sure that their own clients are using the right tools, which, you know, obviously it's you guys um, using the right tools and making the most of their their partnership. Um, yeah, right. So and what, what we find a lot is with you know, with marketing agencies, especially and, and resellers is typically, they're not just reselling us, right? They're reselling many products and they have mm-hmm. a whole suite of tools that they use that it's, it's in their toolbox and they, they're going to pull out the one that makes the most sense for whatever customer they have coming in. And we want to be in that toolbox one, but also we want to make sure just like any other channel sales team that, um, you know, what are the best use cases for constant contact for your customer base? So you're very clear on the value prop. You're very clear on how we solve problems in the market. And uh, we do a lot of work to enable our partners to make sure that uh, not only are we top of mind when a new customer comes in, but also we're, we're making sure that we're solving the right problems in the market for our end users. So do you, do you get involved in like your, you know, you said end users, do you get involved in your customers, customers workflows? Like, do you, are you on the phone? If you have a, you know, partner who's reselling you, 
and they're selling you to one of their customers are, is that a deal that you're going to get involved in? And it's going to be an open op in your sales force. And it's going to like, are you invested in the outcome of that specific deal? So it just, like it, the, it's the, the worst answer. It depends, right? Like, uh, <laughs> what does it depend on? <laughs> uh, we have two different types of partnerships. Uh, there are managed and unmanaged. So our unmanaged are just people who refer their customers to us and our sales team will take it. Our uh, onboarding team will, will take those calls and, and walk people through, here's the best way to use the product. And we talk directly to the end user. But we have a lot of our partnerships that um, are called managed, which just means the partner is saying, no, this is my customer. I want to manage the entire interaction. And we leave those alone. We let you have that as your customer. And we just allow you to, to sell them our tool and manage our tool within um, your, however you want to uh, manage it. Yeah. Okay. So, so walk me through a typical you know, deal for you guys, what's mm -hmm. the, you know, how do, somebody comes in, you know, you've got great brand recognition. So it's not like, you know, right. there's a lead comes in. It's like, hey, who are you guys? But like, <laughs> you know, what, what, when somebody kind of requests information or, mm -hmm. you know, signs up as part of the PLG motion, you know, from that point on, when, when does the sales team kick in and what's that, what does that process look like? Yeah, we actually have a couple of different avenues to get involved there. Um, we have a landing page for our partner program or enterprise sales team, where if you want multiple accounts and you know that coming in, you raise your hand, you say, hey, I want to learn more about how to connect multiple accounts. Mm -hmm. And you end up with our sales team and we talk you through how we built a connected ecosystem of um, you can have multiple accounts all connected through one and you can share content and information um, across multiple uh, instances of cost of contact. Uh, and that's sort of the most straightforward way, but it, honestly, it's probably not the most, um, the most leads we get don't come through that motion. The, the most actually come from our direct customer base where someone's super familiar with constant contact. They know they need an email marketing solution. They go through a free trial and they, they actually don't know that we have all these franchise tools, um, or, you know, multi-location, multi-account tools. And uh, we identify them either through our direct sales team or our support team, uh, sometimes just through analytics, uh, uh, enriching the data and understanding these are really good potential partners. And our team will reach out and have that proactive conversation with them saying, hey, um, you know, you, you probably know constant contact, but you know constant contact as one thing. What you didn't realize is we actually have a lot more to offer here and we have that conversation with them. So who who on your team or in other teams uh, tends to get involved in a in a large size deal? How much how much cross team collaboration is going to be involved there? There's there's a ton honestly um, from the the you know the original pass of the lead over to my team. Um, once it hits my team, it hits the business development team. We start kind of scoping out the opportunity. Oftentimes, if they're larger enterprise deals, we need to get a sales engineer involved and the sales engineering team will engage. Um, and before we close that deal, uh, we'll many times need to get billing involved or maybe legal, finance. Um, and then right around the close of the deal, we pull in somebody from our, our partner onboarding team or, or you know new account, large account onboarding team. Uh, so mm -hmm. many different people getting involved in 
not including, you know, the the business development executives pulling me into the deals to make sure that we've got um, the the proper deal review in place. So multiple, multiple people that have to be involved at that throughout that sales process. So you get pulled in uh, on as many deals as you. <laughs> I mean, if I could be on every one of them, I, I would love it. But get pulled in, get pulled in fairly often because the the team that I manage, the business development team that I manage, we're mainly looking at closing very large deals, mm -hmm. um, you know, more than 20 accounts being sold. Um, and that's, that's on the low end. We're in the hundreds and sometimes thousands of accounts. So um, slower, slower deal process, um, longer sales cycle, and, you know, lots of little nuances to check off before we we move forward with that deal. We have a lot of other smaller partnerships where they need five, 10 accounts. And those mm -hmm. sort of go through a, a little bit more of a PLG motion. Um, even for something that's, you know, a partnership or a channel sale, it'll, it'll still even, be even partnership. very hands-off. We, we, we try to be a little more hands-off with the smaller mm -hmm. ones. Um, I mean, Constant Contact is such a massive brand. We have over 10,000 partners already. So right. Oh, wow. Um, the, the smaller partnerships, we need to just sort of get them in. We have we have a very clear process to follow. We give you a lot of materials and enablement stuff that you can just hey, you want to be a partner? Here's how you do it. Run through it. Um, you know, bring bring in what you can. And tell us when you need help. Is is this focus on partnerships? Uh, is that something that you were focused on at SharpSpring before you were acquired by Constant Contact, or has your has your role kind of transitioned? No, uh, so SharpSpring uh, as a marketing automation platform and a you know prime competitor to HubSpot, um, we were sort of built around agencies and marketing agencies. Mm -hmm. um, we we feel very strongly that, especially in a in a marketing automation space, uh, not many businesses can really manage marketing automation on their own unless they really staffed accordingly. And more often than not, they're going to take that to an agency that's going to manage it for them. So we built SharpSpring to be an agency first marketing automation platform. We built in tools for marketing hmm. agencies and 80% of our revenue came through an indirect sales motion. Um, and so uh, we were very well versed in that. And, and so moving that into constant contact and bringing these two businesses together was very much about, Hey, we have to, you know, double down on partnerships, constant contact being a more direct sales motion through product led growth. Um, while they had a massive, uh, partner program, a lot of the partner growth programs and the, the aspects of the platform that needed to be built out, um, from a product perspective to support those, uh, indirect sales motions. Uh, a lot of that stuff is still kind of in the works and still being integrated from from the two platforms. Does does Constant Contact have like a an outbound SDR motion, cold calling or or cold outreach? Only on the indirect side, on the the mm -hmm. team that I manage, um, we we have two SDRs that do some outbound. And again, these are we're looking at very large, you know. Uh, multi-location businesses, franchises, we're only targeting the people that we know have hundreds of um, end-user locations. And yeah, it's, it's a knowable world. <laughs> and that, that, was, that was really interesting the way you said you target them on your own platform is that you basically look for the people who are using a non-partner kind of 
level subscription incorrectly. That's right. I mean, yeah. that, that's one of the most often use cases is someone is, they have a list size of, I don't know, 500,000 and it's a massive business. And we're like, oh, they're probably trying to do this all in one, which is really hard. And you probably have multiple instances that are all connected. And so we approach them with a, a, a different like, way. Hey, I'm going to make your job a little easier for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that's, that's, that's an interesting I mean that 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 just sounds like a, a an SDR's dream. Like you know, you're, you can cold call to existing customers. Yeah, right. We, I mean, we we definitely call people who aren't existing customers. But you know, we we recently did a um, a research study to look at all the there because there's a lot of in the in the franchise space. There's a lot of um, aggregators of franchise businesses, and and they have multiple different brands that they manage. And we identified like 38 of them that have accounts that sort of fit what we do. And 24 of the 38, we already have an account with one of their brands. So it's easy for us to just sort of land and expand within that, um, that domain. Um, there's many, many more franchises out there that aren't part of the group. But even just within that, that small world of those brand groups, there's a lot of opportunity there. And our SDRs are, are invaluable for us to reach out and make sure that we can help um, change their perception of what constant contact is, right? Everyone says, oh, I know constant contact. I use constant contact. I've, I've used it in the past. And it's like, you probably think one very specific thing about constant contact and that that's just not true anymore. The, the business has grown and the product has changed tremendously. So when, when you're calling existing accounts and you're doing kind of a land and expand motion where it's, you know, I think, I think I've heard that referred to as a CDR as opposed to an SDR, like a customer development rep. Is that managed more as kind of, you know, I, I don't know what the logistical makeup of your, your organization is. is, is sales and customer success, are they separate or is it kind of one joint account management, uh, you know, blend and something like that, where there is an existing customer and there is existing revenue, who handles that? Is that a salesperson with a quota or is that somebody on customer success or your equivalent who's kind of managing an existing account with a revenue quota? Um, yeah, it's a great question. And and I think um, we're still sort of figuring it out exactly where it should live. Um, but on the on the channel sales side of, of constant contact, mm -hmm. Um, the, the group that I manage, we have key account managers. Now, many of these uh, these businesses, these franchise groups that we're targeting are already key accounts because they already have yeah. hundreds of accounts with us through one of their brands. And now there's seven other brands that we want to go after. Well, that key account manager is going to continue to build on, on that relationship that they currently have and, and expand with them. However, there are Many, I mean, because Constant Contact's been around for so long, there are many, many businesses that either we have a small partnership with them, we have five accounts, let's say, and it's a small partnership, it's not a key account, but um, there's hundreds of others or thousands of others accounts and multiple brands that we could still go after. Well, mm -hmm. in that case, our business development team is going to pick up on that and really dig into it. Um, and then there are even, even more that... And, and this we see quite often is we'll look into our direct customer base and there are 50 
franchisees of a franchise group that have just independently set up their own constant contact account. And now we've got to go collect them and take that to their national corporate um, entity and say, hey, we already have 50 of your franchisees. How do we get the other 500 all under one umbrella? And, and we hmm. start having that conversation again, that comes through our business development team. And, and that sounds like also something just that your own internal analytics is going to kind of generate the lead for your team. Like, you know, here, we've connected these dots here, these 50, you know, separate accounts all seem to be the same one. Right. They, um, they, they look like the same business. They act right. like the same business. And that's kind, the the same domain. that's kind of the opposite of what you were talking about before, where it's yeah. like one partner who has, you know, a hundred different, like disconnected right. accounts all in the same account. Um, yeah. And it's funny that, that that would both fall under you. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, yeah. it's all the way for us to, what we find is when you connect all of these accounts and you connect it at a corporate entity level one they get better enablement um mm -hmm. and, and two when the corporation has much more visibility into what their end users are are doing um they they get this brand control and some flexibility um to allow their end users to kind of hey market how you want however we are going to be able to market with you and build a playbook and make sure that um, we're getting back the data and the information that we need to help coach you better to be better marketers um, that solution just seems to be the one that um, our our customers, our large customers, really enterprise customers, really love um, about about our solution. So, uh, the the any way that we can help them with that enablement of their business to help their business grow and and be better marketers, uh, we're all about it. Interesting. Um, do you have any coordination? You know, we didn't talk about marketing at all. Mm -hmm. Like, do you coordinate with marketing at all? How, how does, how does marketing fit into your sales flow? Yeah. So, um, we do have a, I have a marketing counterpart on the channel sales side and, um, it, it's interesting because we have, it's two different motions. There's like two partner marketing, which is just mm -hmm. like trying to, uh, help our partners understand more about constant contact and the partner program and the channel sales program, what we can do for them. And then there's through partner marketing where we're trying to make sure we uh, communicate well with the end users um, of constant contact, updating things about the brand, upselling and um, helping them grow their list, right? Would they grow their list? We grow our revenue. So um, the more that they can adopt the platform and and use it to grow their own business and their own marketing, the, the it's a win-win, right? right? So uh, we work with them in that way. And then we also work with them to acquire uh, new partners, new enterprises um, and, and bring them into the business. So uh, a lot of, a lot of it is sort of, quarterly meetings, um, monthly, weekly check-ins to try to make sure that we're, uh, we're working through all the different initiatives that mm -hmm. the, the marketing team supports from the sales side, as well as, as I said, we have 10,000 partners and many, many, many of them are not key accounts. Um, right. And so our marketing team really supports them with a, a CLM type of marketing messaging that's mapped out on on all the different growth points that we see without uh throughout the customer journey so 
you know, for, for the, the typical constant contact customer, I would imagine that this, this kind of a more blanket approach to, you know, awareness and lead generation, but for what you and your team is doing, it would probably lend itself more to a much, much tighter ABM motion. Uh, Do you, do you have to work closely with marketing on that? Are you like, like how, how, how closely aligned are you on like an ABM strategy and like really identifying the accounts that you want to break into and then working with marketing in order to break into those specific accounts? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're fairly aligned on it. I would say the the one thing that we haven't really launched yet is a lot of, we're not driving a lot of digital ad ads into our target market right now. We're still mm-hmm. sort of developing that ICP to go target from a marketing standpoint, and it's pretty small. So um, even running ads to them is going to be somewhat difficult. Um, we are mostly doing it through that SDR motion and through events. Like, so marketing is supporting us with our messaging at events, um, making sure that we're in the place where our customers or target customers are. And then we got to go have conversations with them, right? Like our, our business development team um, has to have the, the hard conversation with, because look, every, everyone has got a status quo out there. And especially everyone we're talking to, they're using email marketing somewhere. Um, something something yeah. they're using something and we've got to figure out um how to you know solve a better uh, a better problem or a different problem or uh you know be a, a better mousetrap than than what they're currently using and make sure that we communicate that well so what was you know coming jumping into this uh coming into constant contact as you know, somebody who's from a company that was acquired, but it's kind of a new role and, you know, working with a new team um, and you've got new KPIs and just kind of a whole different way of working. Um, What was the biggest challenge uh, in the last year, year and a half? I think you said that, you know, since you joined. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half since the acquisition. I I mean, I think a a lot of the challenges, and I actually say this a lot to my mm-hmm. my teammates as well is almost all business problems can be solved through better communication. It's like 98% of all business problems can be solved by better communication. And um, I, I think the an acquisition and, and a transition and an integration between teams, like it's a massive exercise in internal communications. <laughs> the, the more, and, and, and it's funny because people, um, people as a, as an animal, right? Like we all move away from uncertainty. Anything feels uncertain. We don't want anything to do with it. We'll go find the thing, even if it's a bad choice, it's more certain and we will move towards that more sort, more certain choice. But in the, and and this is what's one of the things I've learned as a leader is in the absence of certainty, which Mm -hmm. oftentimes in a transition, like, like a, um, an acquisition, I can't, I can't really give you certainty. There is a lot of uncertainty and that's just the nature of, of these types of of things. But, um, people will take clarity in place of certainty. Um, Mm. so you can go to them and say, Hey, this is uncertain. I know. However, Here's our vision. Here's but where I, we're but I'm clearly yeah explaining. right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna very clearly lay out for you the steps that we're going to take to get through this uncertain time, and they right. will take that in, in replace um, uh, of it. So, 
that, that's, that's, a, that's a great concept uh, clarity versus certainty mm -hmm. uh in in communication specifically in communication um, yeah it's, it's all about how you communicate it to the team and, and this is where i think you you build the trust in your team to say um hey uh I, i'm admitting this is this is an uncertain time we know it's an uncertain time however as as a leader we're going this way this hmm. is how we're going to get there's the path we're going to take we don't know exactly where it's going to lead us but we're going this way come follow me right and and their your team will follow um can you this is maybe too specific a question but do you do you have any examples of where you know either you needed to be you were where clarity kind of one over certainty and like a specific example um or a specific example where you know the the communication was mishandled um and it, it kind of led either a specific deal astray or just kind of a bad situation um I, sure i mean i, I can actually, I'll give you i'll give you a, an example of a deal where clarity really really changed the tone of the deal and th this was one where it was a little bit of a internal miscommunication where uh the customer came through just like I, I mentioned earlier they started a free trial they're a big franchise group you know um normally that would come to my team no one really identified it as someone that should have been passed to the the enterprise sales team and the direct sales motion that product-led motion sort of kicked in and they they kind of pushed them through a process of you know getting signed up getting one account ready right and it it, it wasn't serving the needs of the customer and at some point um we caught on but it was weeks after they had been in this product-led uh, growth motion mm -hmm. and uh, I, I got involved. I pulled it, it over to my team and the customer was this close, so close to just throwing their hands in the air and saying like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do here. I don't understand how I'm going to move forward. Like, like I'm so uncertain about, will this even solve my problem? Like, I think it will, but I don't know if it will. And so we, we, when we took it over, I, I almost had to beg the person that, Hey, just have one more call with us because I think I think you're going to find that that we'll be able to sort of unpack your needs a little bit better and understand your specific use case and then provide you with a clear vision for where you need to go next. Mm -hmm. And so they jumped on the phone. We had to ask a ton of questions to understand their use case and really dig in. And a lot of it, they just wanted to be heard. They wanted us to they wanted to know that we truly understood what they were trying to do um, with their marketing and with the tool. And then we could prescribe for them a path forward. And that path forward, again, there's uncertainty in it, right? Don't right. know for sure that this is going to help you. You're buying something brand new. The, the status quo that you're moving away from, that's what you know, right? And and that uncertainty of, of moving forward into something new. But being able to, at every step of the way, take their concern and that, that uncertainty and turn it into clarity, hey, I, I'm not sure this is going to work for you, but I can tell you this is what you need to do, or this is where you need to go, or this is how you need to look at the next step in the process. This is what questions you need to ask yourself and evaluate. And a lot of what we do in sales is taking uncertainty and turning it into clarity. And so I, I think- Right. And that usually starts at the beginning of the process with you know a good kind of discovery call, uh, which you kind of had to reset and- and That's right. 
kind of re-inject clarity back into that deal. Yeah. Um, that's great insight. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I can't remember who I, that's, uh, I think that really, it comes from a, a book I read. I think it's either Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I think it might've been in there. Um, I can't take full credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think that that actually leads really well into Sharon's question. I was going to say, that's a perfect segue. Um, we love to wrap up our, our episodes with asking our guests, our illustrious guests, um, what do you do to grow and learn professionally? Is it podcasts or people you follow or books you read or random practices that you're willing to share with us? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm a huge um, proponent of professional development, um, personal professional development. Like I do it myself. I have for years. Um, Audible is my thing. I, I probably listen to 25, 30 books a year. Um, uh, you're one of those, a book listener. Yeah. I just go, go through as many books as I can. Um, uh, yeah. And, and oftentimes I, I follow people on LinkedIn that, you know, there's some really good nuggets of insight that you can get off, off of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that leads me to an ebook. Sometimes that leads me to a podcast, right? And I'll, I'll kind of make my way through people that I think are giving really good advice and, and just kind of, I, I do this thing where if I, if I find somebody who's given multiple pieces of good advice, I usually try to look into, well, what are they reading? What are they listening to? You know, what are, where that's are they what we're trying to do? That's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you just kind of continue to dig down this, this rabbit hole of, you know, that, that leads you to the next expert. And then you figure out where they got their information from and, and you just kind of keep, keep going down that path. Awesome. All right. If you're willing to share a list with us when you're not on the spot, <laughs> we would love to include that in the vlog right up. <laughs> a list of books or podcasts or people? Books, podcasts. And, and, and. Anyone, yeah. yeah. Chris well, Moss I, is one. Yeah, Chris Moss definitely never split the difference. One of the best sales books I've I've ever read. There's just yeah. so many great, like, actionable insights and, and gold nuggets in there. Um, there's some really great books I've listened to lately. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mark Roberts. He um, was a former oh, from uh, HubSpot. HubSpot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he wrote a book called The Sales Acceleration Formula that I yeah. read. That was Excellent. Um, and again, I'm kind of obsessed with growth mindset, professional development stuff. So like recently I read Grit by Angela Duckworth and yeah. um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Yeah. Uh, those are really, really good foundational books. Um but, but yeah, I, I have a whole list on my LinkedIn profile. There's a whole list of books that I think are, are fantastic to, to read for any sales leader. So um, follow you. That's what, one thing we should do. Follow, <laughs> follow Greg Bond on LinkedIn. Is LinkedIn where you would usually share your, you know, your, your advice and your nuggets? I, I'm terrible at sharing my, <laughs> I share them on podcasts like this. People invite me on the podcast and I, I, I like to jump in and, and give advice as, as best I can, but I'm really bad about doing it day in and day out myself. Mm -hmm. I, I need to get better at that. Yeah. It's hard. You have a job. So you know. <laughs> I do have a job to do. that was my job. I feel like I do it more often. But, yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, Greg, uh, thank you so much for stopping by the customer cafe and talking to us about sales and account management. Um, 
We loved having you, and uh, we hope you'll come again. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for today's brew. Like what you heard? Let the world know. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Subscribe now so you never miss an exciting episode. See you soon. <laughs>